When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! I'm like, nah, I'm just spinning like me. Tired of your bars, let me go sleep. Blazing Emerson, send me those beats. Single promo, mixtape album, video shopping, spending those beats. Who said you were ever that guy? No jokes, no bluff, that's a definite line. Celebrant lines in one fuck bar, just a relevant rhyme, rhymes, rhymes. Good evening and welcome to another edition of your latest weekly edition of Touchy Gooners. It's your boy SV Carboholic on hosting duties. Um, I'm joined by my mate Ant. Good evening. All right, bro. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, you know, listeners been asking for you, man. Where you been? Have they? I've been yeah, doing yeah. AMP every Wednesday, innit? Yeah, okay, okay. Like, doing you. two podcasts in one Wednesday evening is too much talking even <laughs> for me. About four hours of chatting. No, nah, I hear you, I hear you. Um, now, good to have you on. And we are also we're also joined by Shabs. Good evening, brother. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah I'm all right, man. I'm victorious. Yeah, all good, all good, all good. All right, thank you, thank you. Um listeners we appreciate those of you who are patreon um subscribers obviously we normally do post matches so you would have locked into um dan and lewis doing a post match after the north london derby so feel free to give that a listen um that is they, they did like a match rating and you know more of an analysis into that we will touch on that on this pod but um first and foremost i want to get on to the game that's just finished we've just beaten brentford one nil away in the league cup arteta rung the changes i think it was only ben white's um, and Eddie Nketiah that remained starting from the weekend. So, yeah, so he made nine changes um, to the lineup today. Um, I'll, I'll, I know, and you only watched the second half, so I'll come to Shabs first. Shabs, what were your initial thoughts upon looking at the, looking at the lineup? Obviously, most most of us assume there'd be heavy rotation after the derby. Um, how, what did you think of the lineup, um, and how serious do you think Arteta is trying to take this competition, if at all? Yeah, I think the lineup was all right. I think given the circumstances, I don't think there's a lot that uh, Arteta could have done with the lineup, really. And I, and I don't think today's lineup is a indication of how serious he's trying to take the competition either. Um, you know, I think he he probably fielded the, the the strongest that was available to him right now. So yeah, I think the lineup was all right. Certain players needed to be rested. Um, everyone. That started like the fringe players, the ESRs, the Reese Nelsons, Kivios. I expected them to to start today, so yeah, there were no real surprises for me. And we, yeah, so so, so you touched on that. I know Saka and, and Rice they had injuries, so they weren't in the squad at all. Um, didn't hear about any injury of Saliba, but he was just completely rested, left out of the squad. Fabio Vieira wasn't in the squad not sure if there was an injury so we saw a start for the youngster um sago jr who is a winger um english and Ghanaian who can play on both sides 
Um, I'm assuming he probably got the start because both um, Ethan Nwaneri and Miles Lewis Gilly are both injured at the moment. So we probably might have seen one of those two start this game, I'd assume, if, if um, had they both been fit. So um, just on to the first half, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with you because I know Anton, has, he said he only watched the second half. What, what were your thoughts? Because I actually thought we were quite good in the first half. I thought there was um, a good element of control. I thought there were some decent combinations, which I think when you make nine changes, there's always the risk of, you know, uh, not being that cohesive, you know, players who are maybe a bit rusty, needing match fitness, they're not up to scratch. But against what was ostensibly Brentford's first team, actually, I thought I thought it was a pretty good first half. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Full disclosure as well, I didn't catch all of the first okay. half. I caught, um, I saw f- from just after Nelson's goal, but for me, what it looked like, we started well. Um, what I liked was um, they looked like fluidity in terms mm. of the way that we, we we were playing, in terms of the way that we were attacking. Um, I spoke about it, I spoke about it on the Patreon as well on, um, on Monday, and I spoke about it probably the last time I was on the pod that I've been chatting about ESR in the group chat a lot. I think, you know, in terms of his fluidity of movement, um, like, you know, his quick exchanges of pace, his one-twos, um, given goals, I think we saw little bits and pieces of that. I mean, it looked like we played with a bit more urgency um, whenever we did have the ball in um, higher up the pitch in attacking spaces. So yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, no, that 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 was good. Generally, I was going to start talking about some individual performances, but now it's probably we'll, a bit we'll, too, we'll, too we'll, quick. We'll, we'll, we'll get there because I want to talk about a few individuals and and Anton. I'll bring you in here. Obviously, I know. Um, in the first half, I thought ESR was quite sharp. He looked, he had a, he had a few darting runs on the ball and off the ball. He probably should have scored. Um, there was a good way mm. he jinked in, made the keeper work. Um, but it's funny because we literally just had this discussion in the group chat just as the game was ending. Now, where Anton, you brought up um, a point about and and um, ESR's lack of intensity off the ball, and. I think others have raised this issue as as a, maybe a reason as to why Arteta hasn't used him as much in recent times. You know, you reference the fact that Erdegaard is always dialed in defensively off the ball, shows a good intensity off the ball that maybe ESR still needs to do. I don't know if that's a mentality thing or whether that's just, you know, he's still rusty, he needs to dial in. But I think that's that's a valid criticism of ESR. Do you know what I mean? So I think overall, first off, he was positive. But Anton, you know, what were your thoughts on him when, when you did take a look at him in the second half? Yeah, I mean, first of all, as you know, I'm a big fan of ESR. But um, he... My problem with him has been he's sometimes too safe on the ball, which I felt he was today. He doesn't want to drive enough. He can beat players. He can go past players. He can commit players. Too often, he doesn't want to do that. Too often, he's happy to just play it five yards back where it came from. Or It's not the wrong thing that he's doing, but he's good enough to do more. Um, so there was that he doesn't he didn't really want it. he didn't seem to me like he was showing enough desire to want the ball I don't mm. think he didn't work hard going defensively I just don't mm. think he showed enough of a desire to get on the ball I think the difference when Odegaard came on is Odegaard was demanding the ball mm-hmm. you know he was putting himself in an area and the arms are out you can see that he really wants the ball ESR mm. when he's going for it it's like yeah you can give it to me if you want mm. but you don't have to I think when you're in a position that he's in 
you have to impose yourself because mm -hmm. it's easy to forget what he's done if he's mm -hmm. not making enough mm -hmm. of, of, a, um, of a spectacle of himself, so to speak. So, so uh, for me, this is a main talking point from the game because he was spoken about before, you know, and a lot of discussion still goes into what is his best position. Bearing in mind, we play ostensibly what is a 4-3-3 now. So Arteta in his press conference said yesterday, he's not a pure winger. He's someone who can operate in the pockets because, you know, he's got the ability to carry the ball in the half spaces, to link and combine in the half spaces. But I, I think... The criticism, which, which, uh, or, or even if it's not a criticism, it's an observation of his game where mm. you reference sometimes games do it does pass him by, right? He doesn't always seem to stamp his authority. He's a bit of a low touch player. And then the question is, can you be a low touch player when you're playing as one of the interiors? Do you know what I mean? You want to be one of those guys driving us forward because, you know, bearing in mind what we're speaking about, what since he signed, what we said about Havertz, how, you know, uninvolved he is from an offense, offensive standpoint. Could you say to an extent that this is something we could lay at the feet of VSR? Because even when he was fit and he was in the team prior, um, he he obviously would make telling contributions offensively. But, you know, his influence over 90, is is it fair to say that's something which we still need to see more of? Oh, Shabs, I'll go to you. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think he can be a low-touch player in one of the interiors in this side if you're playing alongside another player like an Erdegaard. I think an ESR and Erdegaard would, would, would work and combine well. I think if you're looking at one of the eights, if you're looking at the, the, the what our expectation is of the left eight and the way mm. that Shaka interpreted that role last season, I think you can be a low-touch player if you're doing that and if you're playing alongside someone. So, so, sorry just to interject uh, on more... there. Sorry just to interject. Mm. I'll let you finish because I wouldn't classify mm. someone like Shaka as a low-touch player. I was going to say I was, that. I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying what okay. I'm saying. If, 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 if we're looking at how he... Because Shaka got involved in, 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 in the midfield. He made himself available as options and, 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 and whatnot. But I suppose I'm, I'm trying to consider how... I'm thinking about what Arteta maybe had expectations of utilising that role coming into the summer in terms of why he went for a Havertz, for example, I think, and how he's maybe used um, or instructed Vieira a little bit, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what you can, you can, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily, like, here, here, try and hear and understand what I'm saying. I'm saying I think it could potentially work with mm -hmm. ESR being a low-touch player if he's paired with a different profile of midfielder that's so, more so, like Odegaard in the midfield. So you're saying because he was paired with Havertz, both of them arguably low touch players, so, it's probably not yeah. the not the best to try and build. Okay, I, I can I can take that. I, I think that the, the point because you know we all remember that interview Arteta did with Carragher last season, right? Where he basically said I need Jacker to score goals. Like so can essentially I just we, quickly though. Yeah yeah go on, go on. might be onto something because I'm looking at some of the data from games last season. And a lot of the times, Xhaka's only getting like between 50 and 60 touches in the game where Odegaard's averaging, from what I can see, like a 75 to, to 80. So mm -hmm. there, there, there is some... Oh, well, here against... Who is this against? Against Newcastle. Odegaard only touched it 39 times. Smith Rowe had 56 touches today. Today. 
Okay. You know, so t- today's game that's against a, that's a decent is, number. That's a decent, yeah. Considering how and and considering that we didn't most mostly in the first half because in the second half he did fade and he played eighty minutes. So uh, let's know, also um, not forget as well with with Declan Rice in the midfield instead of Thomas Partey, there's going to be more of a requirement for them other midfielders to be on the ball because Rice isn't going yeah. to be on the ball as much as a Partey would. Yeah, he's not going to progress it in the same way. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah so the, 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 there's going to be more work for these midfielders than say Granit Xhaka. Granit Xhaka could pretty much hang out to the left, and Partey will find a solution to get it to you. If it has to go elsewhere first, is another story. But it's it's getting to you at some point. Whereas we don't we don't have somebody that can break lines like that. Okay, so mm. I, I mean, let's. Um, I, I want to move on to someone else, but just to wrap up, then. So, so what can we say? Obviously, this was ESR's first start in a long, long time. Um, I think naturally, I, I agree with Shabs. I think he started well and he did fade as the game goes on, which which can only to be expected. He hasn't played a lot. Um, but what would you say he needs to do or show to become more of a permanent fixture um, going forward and, and to, to to get more minutes? Um, yeah, what, what I said prior, um, show more of a demo- show more of an intent to be involved in games. You, I don't think he can, he's in a position where he can afford to coast through games. And when Odegaard is there and has the position that he has in the team and he has his standard, then if you don't match that, it looks 10 times worse than it might even be because... He's a nailed-on star. Even if he has a bad game, he always wants the ball. He's always alive. So mm. if you come in and you're not alive, it looks 10 times worse because why can he do it and you're not doing it? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, cool. Let's move on. To, I want to talk about someone else because this was an interesting... We saw um, Tom Yasu at centre-back for the first time in his Arsenal career. So um, now we know he plays as a centre-back for Japan, but obviously most of his uh, minutes for Arsenal have come as either a right-back or a left-back. Um so, were you encouraged by his performance? Is it something you'd like to see more going on? It is obviously something to watch out because we are still quite short on uh, um, on either fullback side at the moment due to obviously the timber injury and stuff. But how did you think he looked at centre back, Shabs? Yeah, again, I think it was all right. Again, in in the first half, Brentford didn't really trouble us. Um, I suppose for me, you kind of look at it and you say, all right, if he's playing that centre-back, because admittedly, I wasn't sure in terms of the when I saw the um, line-up, because technically you could have had White at, um, you know, you could have had White at centre-back, you could have had Kivior at centre-back, you know, Gabriel obviously played centre-back. So I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but I thought, all right, he's playing that centre-back. He's alongside someone who is reliable in in, in, in Gab. Um he's assured and comfortable in possession. Like, you know, Tommy Asu in possession isn't really something that I worry about. And he's got that aerial advantage. For me, it was more about, is he going to be exposed? Um, you know, with the way that Brentford play in terms of set pieces, launching balls into the box and whatnot. But I didn't really see any of that. And I didn't really, from my observation of the game, look at him and feel like at any time he was stressed too much or he was in trouble. I think by and large, he was a steady Eddie. Just kind of got on and and done his job, but you know I don't think it was amazing. It was an cool, uh, unremarkable performance, but he wasn't bad by any stretch. 
Yeah, agreed. Anton, any thoughts? Yeah, I think you get a pretty consistent level of performance from him wherever he is. He gives you a solid seven all the time. He doesn't make many mistakes. He's comfy. The problem is he's unreliable. He's he's always injured. So mm-hmm. it's all well and good in playing well today. Chances mm-hmm. are we're going to hear a report of an injury within the next 10 days. For him and <laughs> for so, yeah, he, he's fine when he can play and he, he's not an issue at all. He's... he's uh, you don't look at him how you would look at our oh, shit holdings coming in or oh, of course got play like you yeah 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 from Yassi's playing that's all right he's comfy wherever mm. but yeah he just can't stay fit so it's 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 hard to have any and, and, of... and and I think for him unfortunately the result of him not staying in fit is how he's ended up dropping down the pecking order right because we signed yeah, yeah, him he, he he was the first choice right back but obviously we then brought Saliba back White moved to right back. Um, then we brought obviously t- he. Do you know what Tommy Asu probably caught life that Timber done his ACL because had Timber not yeah, done yeah, that, yeah, yeah. he he wouldn't be seen many minutes. Like him and Kivior are pretty much backup, which is which is fine with me because, like you said, it's an improvement. Kivior and Tommy Asu going from what we had with Cedric and Holding is an improvement. So I've got oh, I've got sure. no I've for got sure. no issues and, and and no qualms with that. So for him, I think he needs to hundred percent take this chance. You know, like he needs to keep fit and take his chance while. Timber's at because obviously for a lot of people Timber looked very very comfy looked really really good in his in his early stages unfortunately before the injury so um all right I don't really think there were many many other standouts unless you guys want to touch on anyone in particular I thought Nelson was pause, okay pause, I thought... pause pause that What's was that? wild yo. well wait what did I say you said if you want to touch on anyone in particular. Oh, come off it. What's wrong? No, 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 no. We can't do... No, no, no. Do you know what? We said yeah, we're making yeah, a conscious yeah, effort. Yeah. No, no, no. We said we're making a conscious effort yeah. to stop these pauses. I man. didn't say anything. Hey, <laughs> and you got to relax, bro. No. Man slapped <laughs> four pauses. No, he said pauses. Yo, you got to relax. Was, wow. right, it was crazy. It was crazy. All right, all right, all right. cool. My bad, my bad, my bad. Apologies, apologies, apologies for that. Um, all right, okay, I, and, and I won't go back too much on the second half because it was a bit of a, uh, I think it was quite crap, if I'm to be totally it honest. And, it just, and, uh... it just, it's what you want from an away game. Mm. Like, you just want it to, when you're one like, you kind of just want it to just fade out and yeah, all the tempo be out of the game, but it, it wasn't entertaining viewing. Not at all. Um, how, how do you guys, obviously, you know, the, the League Cup would be last on our priorities in terms of the four competitions we're in. But I thought Coogs made a point, like, we haven't actually won this competition since 1993. And I saw um, a stat from Albino today which said, Arsenal have lost more League Cup finals than any other team, <laughs> which I was creasing, which I was creasing at. So obviously, funnily enough, in the FA Cup, we turn into Real Madrid. But um, in the League Cup, we seem to play like Sterling Albion. So we, is this a competition you'd like to win or you just don't really care? Something to give to the fringe players or... Do you, how, how serious should we be taking this? You, you don't care until you get to the semi-finals semis, in the yeah. cup. Yeah, I mean, I've stages. seen us have, I've seen us get knocked out in the semis by I think Wigan beat us at Highbury. I remember, I remember uh, Nathan Ellerton and what was his name? Nathan, was it Ellerton and Blake? No, Ellen, Ellen mm. and Nathan Ellerton and Jason Roberts. Yeah, and I, and them times and them times we were using guys like Carrier Gilbert. So yeah, Kerry Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. taking my son to the final at Wembley when we lost three 0 to City. God damn, um, Mustafi mm. done the madness. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. And Aguero just push him out the ball, out the way and not bother. Boy, you, you, 
You remember that game because I swear the whole yeah. away end emptied by like the 60th minute. Everyone yeah, was like, it was bad, man. It was, dumb, man. <laughs> it, it, it was it was after that that it was cut. You know when people are leaving at like you know when it, it gets past the point of booing and everyone's just like I'm done. Like that's when everyone's like, how yeah. yeah. That's what it became for me because yeah, it was it was rubbish. It was, it was rubbish. Very, very rubbish. Um, but yeah, no, um, Dan Coogs, fuck that guy, man. I, I, I want to be known, he's talking spicy. Fuck that guy, he's, got, he's not here to defend himself. But he's right, he's correct. For me, I think he made a good point when he said that. I think it is important. Um, people do, what I don't like about the League Cup is the double standard. The League Cup shit when everyone else wins it apart from Man United. Do you see what I'm saying? According to their fans. When they win it, oh, yeah, it's a significant trophy. It matters, blah, 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 um, all of that. But I think it would be... I, I want us to win it. I haven't mm. seen us win it anywhere near enough. But it's the same with... Um, similar with you. I've, I've seen us get to finals and just do a madness and mm. just combust. I, I, I want us to have a good run. For me, what I like about the League Cup is, um, you know, going deep into that competition, for me, gives opportunities to other players to get minutes. You know, players that we see less of, and I think that's important. I think that's going to have a function in the in in this season. You know what I mean? Especially as we go further and further down the down, down the line. I want ESL to get minutes. I want to get a look at the likes of Nwanyeri and Mars Lewis Skelly and, and then man. You know, I think hopefully there'll be some nice fixtures and easy runouts mm-hmm. where they can get games just to see them. Um, so yeah, and I think if they can come in and impress and play and you know we can still be competitive and qualifying then i think it serves a purpose you know rests your guys like i don't want to see jesus and early god and zinchenko coming off the bench i think it's weird it's it's just down to the end we had like how many players missed this game like about seven they were bare bones. like yeah, yeah. We were about seven eight guys missed this game so it was i think in an ideal world you wouldn't have included him um but yeah, there would have been a, tr- a Trossard, the Martinelli, and that probably would have, you know, been on the bench. Um, mm. you, don't, you don't need to then carry Jesus, but it, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. All right, cool. I want to talk about um, the injuries and especially just in relation to the context of the North London derby, right? So we had uh, a lot of injuries. We had quite a few injuries as a result of that game. We had a few people who didn't play in that game because of the injuries. Anton, how did you how did you assess the were there any concerns you took away from the derby? Um bearing in mind the result, how the performance went as the game went on, or do you apply context because of you know some of the injury, some of the players we were missing in that game, maybe that being our third game in seven days, um, or or is it or can we just, you know, ha- where where do you apportion the blame and, and do you have any further concerns going forward? I, I don't I don't think there's any blame to be given for, I think that, that derby is I think is the best derby in this country. But, um, Agreed. Um it's a hard game to win. Like we, we wiped the floor of them last season, but like, it's a very mm. difficult game to win. We had chances to win it. We had a few players that did that didn't perform. I don't like some of what Arteta done mm. in that game. But what, um, when when you when you say what what did what did he do that you didn't like? I didn't like the Vieira sub at half time. Okay. Um, I've I didn't like the Gabriel Jesus sub. Sure. I don't think Eddie deserved to play ninety minutes. Sure. Um, yeah. I 
don't think we've done enough to try and win the game in the second mm. half. Mm. Um, I didn't like the George. I didn't like the Jorginho sub, neither. Um, but, 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 that, but that was that that was a necessity, so, though, right? That was. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I. This is a bit old school of me. I don't like when a player comes off injured that we haven't seen injured. Mm-hmm. But so like, that... if Bryce doesn't miss any further football, then I think he maybe should have played on. Okay, it's easy for me to say from I wasn't in the change room and whatnot, but sure. Do you know what I mean? I, well, I, I think it was too big of a game and they had too much PMP in midfield mm, for us mm, mm, to mm. go with Jorginho in yeah. midfield. And, yeah, and, yeah. And his decision, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why he'd done that. It reminds me of that goal Fabregas scored. Do you remember when we, we, we beat them 3-0 at the Emirates? I think Van Persie scored. And then Fabregas and then, scored from kickoff. And then yeah, because he yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so stupid in midfield. Yeah. yeah, and that's what he'd done. I yeah. just don't understand why he'd done that. But I think this is where I would say, and what can you do though, right? Because if if Rice is saying that he's he's got discomfort, and obviously you don't want to, because it's a tough one. Because Anton, I'm sort of with you where I'm like, I want the player to play, but then I think back to Timber was he wanted him to play, right? And yeah, he, it's true. He, he, it's he, true. he visibly he was injured, and then he came back on second half, and he probably. Whatever that injury was, he probably obviously he, he made it worse, and it was the ACL in it. So, I don't know. It's it, it's it's a tough one, but it's a weird one as well because you're like, I watched Rice for like six years at West Ham, and this brother was never injured. I've never seen this guy injured in my life. So, like him him coming off, and 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 I guess probably you have to err on the side of caution while parties out as well. I guess. Yeah, you know, parties out, and then right, and then and then Rice going going to be out as well. Like you don't want to then have to rely on Jorginho, right? Um, Because even though, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not high on Jorginho, but he's the he's essentially the third choice midfielder. He's supposed to be coming on essentially to close out games, right? He's not supposed to be seeing significant significant minutes, like. And and this is why for me I was frustrated, but then like you know after I calmed down after day, like I'm like if Party and Rice played that game together, I think we blam Spurs off the pitch. Like put put it that way. I feel like if they both started that game, like if we started that game with like a Party Rice Erdogan midfield, I think we run riot. Put it that way. Um, yeah, maybe. But you, how often do you get to play your first choice team? It's true. It's true. The the, real, the reality is there's always going to be injuries over the course of a season. That's why you have the squad right. But I guess Anton, when you compound it with Martinelli was out. Trossard is out. Um, who else? Who else is out? Obviously, Timber's out. So, so we were missing about you know four or five players right in that game. So, um, and players you could argue that would start if fit, right? Mm. So, um, and Trossard had literally just played three days before, and we thought everything was. And Trossard had played well. He had scored and got an assist. Um, so yeah, it's a, so it's, it's a bit of an annoying one, um, but. I did think Spurs did well. I I got to give them credit. I thought they were decent, man. Um, and I, I like what Andrew's doing there. As much as it obviously pains me to say it, but but I think they're onto a good thing, man. And I like, like you said, I like um, Saar, Bissouma, Madison. I think that's a good midfield trio. Um, it just for me, like obviously, I'm gonna give Andrew praise because I, I liked what he did at Celtic. But yeah, I also no, think it... ahead of the curve. Let's talk about bird dogs. 
Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Still, I remember yeah. you from before. Yeah. But, but no, no, no. But, but I also think it also highlights how massively Conte was underachieving with that man as well, by the way, because he had Sarah and Basuma. These men didn't look like that under him. Do you know what I mean? He was even, he was benching Basuma for like skip and Heuberg, do you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, it is what it is. Um, we move, we move, and we and we go on. Um, Shabs, I just let me bring yeah, I just I just I just want to say on that because I think it's obviously I agree with the points by and large that you've made and and that Ant's made, but Ant argued different sides of the scale actually because what he said, um, and I agree, it's the best, it's it's, it's the best derby in football by far. Um, but, you know, you said, you know, you're not really blaming Arteta. There's not a lot you can do. But then you proceeded to name a, a fair few things that Arteta is directly responsible for. Yeah, um, you, I, I, I can don't necessarily... some of the things that you do and it's still, there was still enough to win the game. If Jesus takes his chance, yeah. his two Definitely. chances, if um, Jorginho doesn't make the silly mistake, that doesn't, like, it's like, I can I cannot like some of the stuff that the manager does and we win the game. Just, just the same. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, for, for, for me, I think there's a lot. Ultimately, like Arteta's got to hold some of that, and I think what you said is true. There was still more than enough for us to win the game, but you know he's the decision maker. Um, you know, in 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 terms of his lineup, in terms of for me, it was little things like um, Jesus and Eddie starting up for, starting together, and. Every Has time they started together in the past. You could argue to whether it's worked or not. We've won games when they've started um, up front or when they've played together, definitely. But historically, Jesus has always taken his main position as the centre-forward. Yeah, um, Eddie's always played on the left. There was a shift in this game, obviously, and Jesus takes up the position on the left. Eddie plays through the middle. And it didn't. It it worked in terms of our press. Our press was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I think for the first thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes, our press was absolutely insane. Um, you know, I'm really impressed by the way that we 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 defended from the front. But it didn't work in terms of any kind of fluidity. Eddie clearly, you know, didn't have a good game. And Arteta just took such a long time to react there, and that was, you know, that was a problem for me. And then when he did make a decision, it was late in the game. And for me, it was the wrong decision. Yeah, because th- there was an argument about, um, well, Jesus is tired. But I'd argue that well, he doesn't need to do half the shuttle runs he was doing if you move him centrally. You know, he could be a bit more conservative with his energy if he plays centrally, you know, and if you find a solution for someone else to play out, out on the left front. So that was that. The Rice one, um, the, you know, the whole game changed with Rice and that injury. And I, I'm like you, I was kind of like, what the hell's going on here? Um, I think Vieira was productive and useful and purposeful on the, on the ball. I'm not over-indexing his um, performance. I don't think he was amazing, but I think 
in terms of how he interpreted the role, he definitely offered himself as an option um, in the middle phase. He picked up the ball. He did try to play it forward whenever he did um, have the ball. He took out spaces out wide on the left. He tried to force things and create opportunities. I always say about Vieira, what I do like about him is that he tries to break the system in terms of the way he plays. Like, you know, we have this methodic, we're going to play it here, then play it there, then play it there. And Vieira gets on it. And he looks to sometimes to just play at a quicker intensity or a different tempo by playing that ball in behind or by making that run and cross or, or whatnot. So I like that. I think the change was necessitated because if you bring on Jorginho for Rice because of an unfortunate injury, you can't then have a midfield of uh, Jorginho, Vieira and Erdegaard. But Why? So I can so I can so I can kind of understand why. But why can't why can't you have that needs to change it? I, but and that's it. But that that because that, that, this is the other side of what I'm going to argue. Because I think he's looking at it and saying, well, physicality wise, I need a bigger profile in there. But then these are players that he's vouched for, he's signed, he's trusted. So you got to trust them to play, or, or, or you don't. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I don't necessarily agree with him making the change for Havertz when he did. I think uh, Vieira offered more um, on the ball in terms of any chance of us being able to do something moving forward. And if he, if he started the second half and that didn't work, um, he could have changed it later on in the game. I think he, he's made that second change, which I see as Havertz coming on for Vieira to um, kind of... Uh, accommodate the first change that he's been forced into making, and ultimately, I just think it was the wrong thing for 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 him to do. So I think there were some things for me in that game that, yeah, I think he's got to he's got to hold and he's got to take a bit of responsibility for. But um, but that said, yeah, I think there is some credit for Tottenham and the way that they played, and I don't think Tottenham were amazing. I think what it is, they played high risk, and it didn't work at first, but eventually. It, it it paid off, you know. But I don't see us being able to even maintain right. If we kept Rice, we don't lose that game. We, we didn't don't lose, lose that game. We didn't lose the game. That's why everyone keeps forgetting. We don't know. We didn't. I know we didn't lose the game. I know we didn't lose the game. But the way the game played out, it felt like we 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 it, it felt like a loss. And what I mean is, we don't lose control of that game because we didn't lose the game, but we lost control of the game definitely. And again, I'm not being naive thinking you can control games or derbies for 90 minutes. I know it doesn't go. Like I've seen enough of them to know that, but I, mm. I feel that was a significant event that changed mm. the course of the game for us. And, and, and yeah, injuries or, or whatnot, mm. there were certain things there that I looked at and said, nah, man, this, 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 this could have been different on us for the day, despite the circumstances. For sure. And, and I feel like... It's crazy because the fallout from that game, maybe because it was a derby was, and you know, a, a lot of obviously our fans are, are unhappy and rightly so, but it's also keen to remember Arsenal still actually haven't lost the game yet this season, but obviously just because mm. of when you're up against City, it just feels like every drop point like you have against City is is almost fatal, right? Um, let's let's go on to some listeners' questions because there's a lot and there's there's a lot I want to discuss. So, firstly, and this one I find interesting, I'm going to give some context as well. ASD at SOSHGN he says, How do we cure the brain damage we suffer exclusively at the Emirates? When will it end? Um, so this is interesting for, for a couple of reasons. So, since the start of last season, Arsenal have the best um away record in the Premier League and have kept more clean sheets than anyone, which is 12, which is five more than the nearest 
next team, which is Man City at seven. Um, but conversely, Arsenal can never keep a clean sheet at home in the league to save their lives. And we seem to have a penchant for just chucking the ball in our net. Um, and also just to give a bit more, last season we conceded 43 goals. 25 were at home, while 18 were away. Um, oh, okay, he's just dropped off Anton, so I'll ask him when he comes back. Shabs, why, what, what, what do you think about that? I heard up to uh, we've conceded seven from mistakes at home. Something no, like no, that. no, 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 no. We kept so we kept fifteen. So we uh, kept twelve clean sheets uh, away from home since the start of last season. But last season we conceded forty-three goals. Yeah, twenty-five of them were at home, while eighteen were away. So the question is, what? Why do you think we seem to? make so many mistakes and why do you think we seem to be a lot better away from home than we do at home at the moment because of that stupid north london forever <laughs> that's that's what i said that's exactly what i was gonna say i said they need to they need they need to abolish that song get because rid of, I, get rid of that song and everything will be all right because because in so the, and this is the, the ridiculous one yeah in three of our last 10 games at home we've conceded inside the first minute, which is generally insane. Like, that is just generally ludicrous. I, I like, think all of our mistakes are as a result of overconfidence, I'll be honest. You think so? Um, so, so, yeah. so, 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 so why, why do you think that doesn't happen away from home then? I don't, is, think, or, I, I don't think they have the same expectation away from home. Right. Okay. Away games are a bit more cagey. At home, we seem to dominate the majority of the game. Like It's like the, who was it? We played Forest. We 2-0 we up. Yeah. Take our foot off the gas, Fulham. It's like, yeah, we'll play at our own pace. We can score whenever we want, kind of thing. It's only in the last fifteen minutes that we decide. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna turn it on. I just, I just think that it's it's um, complacency and overconfidence. Uh, yeah, at home you got to um, you don't have to earn it either. At home, yeah, away you kind of have to earn the right to play. You know. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, with I that said, Tommy actually make a mad mistake at home to City. Was yeah. that was that at home that's, or was that the away game? That was at home. Was that that home, was the one where he gave, gave it to KDB. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. yeah. We were even doing that against. We were even doing that against City. Even um, even Liverpool. I think Gabriel made a mistake that led to. Was it Jota that scored the first goal and beat them three two? He let it go over his head. Oh, that was for yeah, yeah. He let it bounce. Yeah, yeah. it was like Nunes, and Nunes, Nunes was Nunes behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I generally don't know. And I think it's so wild that, like, like you said, at home, away from home, we're so serious here. Like, we just we don't almost don't even like we've had two away games this season, two clean sheets. Even tonight, again, even though it was cup, still another clean sheet. Who, who um, has he played away? Oh, Everton and Palace, and they're not easy places to go. They're, to. they're not easy. We have a and look, we we spoke about before we went away to Everton. Our away record at Everton, we hadn't won there since Wenger left, so we didn't have a good away record at Everton. But I don't know, I don't know. But it's it's starting to monitor. Like it'd be nice just to have a nice two nil, three nil clean sheet game at home. Um, I just and so I think I can't remember who said it. Someone said it always feels like there's too much of a drama, too much of a storyline at Arsenal home games. Like there always seems to have to be some sort of drama in our yeah. home games, which 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 
I just I don't like. And you I, just and want I think the games like, where you, you race into a three goal lead and just yeah, and and that's the end of it. Like yeah, if you think back to like yeah, remember like the Invincibles, like we used to go two 0 up within five minutes, and that was the game. Yeah, was I remember you used to check teletext, and it would be three 0 yeah. thirty minutes. Jungberg yeah. scored, Perez scored, Henri scored. Easy. And the, 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 but, the, but the, that, the game that, is that, done. But that was a Wenger special. That was Wenger special. Wenger would have like you know three or four like even if it wasn't in the early stages, the game would be nil nil until like the fiftieth minute, and then. Check ten minutes later. There's four goals scored. <laughs> so we did score like 51, 54, 56. Yeah, so, you we, know. Sorry, well, yeah, We've just sure. we've just been drawn away to West Ham in the fourth round of the, the cup. So yeah, a nice fixture. Mm. That's not a nice fixture, but oh well, well, we'll we'll see we'll see what Moyes and Co do in that game. We have hella questions about Havertz. I don't even want to answer it really because we've been given the same response like for the last six weeks. Can we all give ourselves peace and look at Havertz as a defensive transition control? No, what are you no, saying? We can't. <laughs> Is it just me or does it feel like everyone knows that they don't want to pass the Havertz? <laughs> it looks like it. For German Dan, if he shows up, are you ready to admit that that Shanta, Julia Brandt, who wears number 29, is a DM more than a Takar? Was, was that Leroy? <laughs> <laughs> that was someone called Chicken Noodle Soup on, on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, that there was another one. Uh, PCBE Ajiman is our fan base ready to have an honest conversation about shy habits? Where have we been having it? Um, Ribblish says, Can we, uh, why didn't we go for Sabozlai instead? People have been asking, I don't know, I don't know. Wait, <laughs> Sabozlai, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, you know, was that right? Yeah, Habits so, had more touches than ESR today, though, yeah. Havertz touched the ball. Touched the ball. No, do anything with it. You know. rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, he's he's touching it. He's and where are these touches happening? Because Yang Gay, they're not they're not going forward. Yeah, you know it, I mean? like so, they're, they're basically they're basically in the right back area. Trent don't even play that deep. Um. Okay. An an interesting one, and it's it's not Havertz related. M four at underscore M four F seven nine. Um. Discuss Eddie's performance versus Spurs is still keeping me up at night I don't even want to discuss Eddie versus Spurs but I think it's it's a it's a discussion to have generally right because Eddie's now 24 yeah he made his debut in 2017 under Wenger so this is six years worth of Eddie obviously we can argue as he always had the consistent run of starts um, but so far this season um, he started five of the six league games so he's he's had the starts you know um, he's had two goals I think he should have had a couple more, especially when we think back to that Palace game where he missed two guilt edge chances. So at the moment, he's severely underperforming his XG. And, and some people would make the argument that the attack really never looks as fluid when Eddie's through the middle. So um, thoughts on Edward and Ketia? Uh He's not in the best of form. And usually when Eddie has bad form, we can excuse it with the fact that, you know, he's not being playing regularly. Mm. Um, but he has been playing regularly. There's no reason for him to be rusty. He's not applying himself. He's not being busy enough in and around the area. Um, he's not taking his chances. But he's allowed to have a bit of bad form. He's only a young player, really, and truthfully. I know he's not mm. a baby, but still, you know, it's, it's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm not going to lie. I need, I, need, I need more. I need more. I think... North London derby, that's one thing. Uh, today, I was kind of expecting some sort of recovery in terms of his performance. 
And they claimed an assist. I don't think it was terrible today. But from, again, from what I was looking at, again, so you're looking at the way that we play and the way that we play into him and just, you know, it doesn't stick. Um, you know, he didn't look as though he was working as hard as he needs to. To, to work okay it's a bit of a different entity I think and I think it was you and that made the point you know he he isn't the most talented in and amongst that the starting uh, options so he needs to work harder than them guys as hard as those guys when they do play um, it's a different entity when we're playing a rotated side um, but you know I looked today and I just didn't think he was about it you know, um, I kind of expected more from him. So, again, it was a bit disappointing. And, yeah, you're right. Players are allowed to have poor spells, bad form. But, yeah, for me, Eddie is just a mismatch. You know, I've said it on the Patreon piece. I think, we, you know, he's a, he's a good striker. He's a Premier League level striker. But I think we don't play in a way which kind of suits him. We don't play in a way which is geared to get the best out of him. Um Arteta doesn't kind of facilitate or necessitate that way of playing. Um, you know, so it's like long term, how can we see this? Like, how, how's this going to, this is only going to end one way for me? You know? Well, I, I, I think the links to, to strikers, most notably Ivan Tony, I just think. I think it will come to an end probably next summer for me personally, but mm. but we'll wait, but we'll wait and see how it pans out. Um, there's two questions, interesting ones from Yonko Abs. Um, so first one, he says, do you think our lack of ruthlessness in the final third will affect our away form at some point? I think we've won both of our away games this season, 1-0. Um, I think that's, it, it might do, but I think firstly to Anton's point, I think Palace and Everton are actually quite hard games to go away to and win. Um, and it's not like we didn't have other chances in that game to, to, to kill it, do you know what I mean? So especially in the Palace game, Eddie had two guilt edge chances, which he missed. Um, and and uh, against Everton, we had a few. And we had that, what was, in the Everton game, it was that Martinelli goal that I thought was unfairly disallowed, right? You know, that that's the one yeah, we yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. So, Hold on, was that Everton? That was Everton. That was, that was the game Martinelli got, got injured. injured, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the game. But yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he scored yeah. early on in that game. And that was the one where I think Eddie was coming back from an... It was, no, because it was the one where it came off their striker. Right? Yeah, 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 and we were... Yeah. And I thought I, I thought that was just very harshly ruled out. But, but anyway, what do I know? And the second question, he said, do you think Arteta and the team will figure out the fluency and attack issues soon or just wait until players find top form? Um, I think Leo brought up in the chat today, actually, we have yet to see Martinelli, Jesus and Saka start, actually, this season. So I think... Um, got to wait to see what that looks like when all three of them are fit and they start again so we haven't seen that yet and we just haven't seen go on, go on yeah, sorry yeah it's, yeah it's not just that i was just gonna say it's not just that it, we haven't seen a settled side it's true. you know yeah. this season yeah like it's like we we need to reset this side will look at its best when we've got that, that settled back four yeah goalkeeper take your pick of Raya. <laughs> Or, or Ramsdale. For me, at the moment, of, of evidence this season, it's Raya for me. But, you know, there's that back four with Zinchenko in there. Um, you know, it's Partey and Rice in that midfield. It's Erdegaard. And then it's Jesus, Martinelli and Saka. We ain't seen that so far this season. You know, you compound that with the fact that we've had quite a challenging start to this season. Not, not necessarily in terms of scheduling, but, 
you know, we've played Spurs, we've played United. Yeah, um, fair enough. They've both been at home, and then we've gone away to some difficult grounds as well, and kind of ground out victories there as well. So it's not, you know, we've we, we've not coasted, and then it's been disrupted by injuries. So, you know, there's there. I think there's a lot that people are making of it, and there's a part of me that's saying it's not that deep, but there is something where if this continues for longer, and we don't get these players back soon. Um, or if we do get these players back and it continues, then yeah, at that point it'll become a cause for concern for me. But right now, this you know, I'm hoping for these guys to come back quickly and um, just you know get us playing, get all of these guys playing together. Um, okay, last one. Uh, Munir Akim says, with it being Bournemouth away on Saturday. Um, are there any particular changes you'd like to see? He suggested. Um, depending obviously who's fit and who's not, ESR and Reese maybe start. Um, is that something you two would like to see? I, I, I obviously we don't know what the injury situation is like. I'm assuming Rice and Saka are just precautionary, and they'll both be back on Saturday. We haven't had any update on Martinelli or Trossard, so I don't know if they're going to be fit. So is Saturday another good chance to see ESR or, or Nelson? I, I actually thought Nelson might have been the best player, actually. Probably the, the, the most active one um, I didn't today. see him really get on the ball in the second half. So I, yeah, I, I think... First first half, he was very involved. Very, very active. Um, got the goal. Mm. Second half, obviously, we didn't really have... The, the midfield really didn't exert any control in the second half. So he probably just starved the, of the ball a bit more. But... I thought he was very active in the first half. He he scored one. He could have set up another. So um, positive cameo from him, actually. I, I, I like the look of him because there was actually the argument. And I think a lot of people made this argument. A lot of people said in the absence of Martinelli and Trossard, they wanted to see Nelson start in the derby. Um, obviously it would make sense. Cause, He's cause the, I, the most direct player we have outside of Martinelli. Right, right. And and I, w- I would have liked to have seen him left wing with Jesus up top just to see what that would have looked like. Obviously, it didn't. You know, Arteta's mainly used him as a impact sub, but obviously got his start today. But I think he's probably, he's, you know, since since last season, he's the one who seems to have slowly moved up the pecking order in terms of cameos, because a lot of his cameos have been really good. Um, obviously, some will say it's game state dependent where he's come on. We might be looking to get a goal and... You know, he's the one who's pinning his full back down, getting shots in, getting crosses in. But you can only do what you're doing, given the time, right? And he's had another start today. He's got a goal. So um, he might work his way in at some point. Um, so so, so we'll see what happens with there. Is there any changes you'd like to see for the Brentford game on, on Saturday? For me, it depends on who's available and who's fit. You yeah, know, yeah. I just want the strongest, for me, the strongest possible side means to play. So yeah, mm-hmm. if Saka's fit and available, he needs to start. The same with Rice. Do um, you do, do do you guys just go for the strongest side, or would you plan ahead thinking? And we've got, I believe, Lons in the Champions League away on Tuesday, or do you just be like, whatever, screw it? Because because An- Anton, what's your opinion on this? Where obviously now it's, it's three days, it's three games every seven days, right? Are you are you, are you rotating or? Okay, uh, are you rotating or are you just going with the strongest team? Uh, no, you have to rotate because mm-hmm. if you if you do too much now, you're going to pay for it in the back end of the season, boys. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> 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 
I wasn't giving anyone else the opportunity. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to rotate. You just have to do it. What I didn't used to like when Wenger used to rotate is that he would make like seven changes at a time. He would do no mm. rotation for like three or four games, and then he would make seven at a time. If you do two or three changes per game, mm. it's so much easier for those fringe players to perform because there, there, there's a level to to aspire to, and there's there's players that are performing. If everyone just comes in and no one's been playing for like four weeks, it's too it's too much. It's too difficult. Mm. So as long as the rotation is is done consistently and two to three changes as and when needed is fine. It's when yeah. it's no rotation, no rotation, massive wholesale changes. And, and and funnily enough, I think that's actually what Arteta has been doing every game so far this season. That's why we haven't actually seen like what is quote unquote like a first have we, eleven. Have we played the same eleven? We haven't played the same. We haven't played the same eleven in any game. And we so could have, and we and we, yeah. and we could have named the starting eleven near enough every single week last season. Last season, the, the yeah, team yeah. But but do do you and shall, do do you think there's drawbacks there by not being able to field maybe the same? Because obviously. What we benefited from last season was a level of continuity, right? That we knew that the team was going to play. But I guess at the same time, you maybe ostracise some squad players as well. So how, how do you get that balance right by getting that level of continuity in terms of performance, but also making sure squad players feel involved as well and they don't feel left out? I think it's I mean, exactly it what I said. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the extra competitions. But I think it's exactly what Ant said. It's you... You know, it, 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 look at the example of Vieira, for example, you know, this season in terms of his utilisation to last season. Last season, he wasn't he wasn't being used in any meaningful way. Erdegaard had a game out and, you know, he, uh, Vieira kind of came into the team, didn't particularly play well, but scored in that, in that first goal. And then we didn't really see him being used, you know, and then he was used in Europa League games where my defence about his performances was always that well, was massively rotated, which is, again, the point that's just been made. So we're assessing this guy's performances when he's playing on the pitch with guys like Elneny and Lukonga. When Partey and Shaka are playing alongside him, we'd see, you know, the, the, the burden, the responsibility is less. You know, we can see him, we can see him thrive in that environment, you know. So yeah, it's a different entity. Um I think if you switch out players two, three a game and players that you know you can highly rely on, you know, who can actually come in and do a job, um, you know, and if they don't perform after 60 minutes, 65 minutes, 70 minutes, you can give a run out to, um, you know, your main guys who you've named on the bench. You know, there's not a lot of damage to Jesus who comes off the bench to play 20 minutes or Zinchenko who comes off the bench to play 20 minutes. So, you know what I mean? So I think that's the best way to go up to go about it, especially given the current, uh, you know, workload, not loads, but the injuries that we have as well at this moment in time. Can't do too much. You can't. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, disagree. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah? Okay, great. Uh, boom. Right, I think we're going to leave it there. Um, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to quickly touch on. We obviously, it's Bournemouth away. Um, don't think he's on TV. It's three o'clock away on Saturday. Um, we are obviously four points behind City. No, it's more than. I think we've got more pressing issues than City. You know, I'll be real. I, I, I said it at the start. 
is I think that we're more in a top four battle than we're in a title race this season. It, 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 might, it might well be. Unfortunately, I just every time I've looked at City so far this season, I'm like, I just don't see how anyone's finishing above these men. Like yeah, you see, right. la- you see, you see, last season, yeah, I thought they because they started slowly, yeah, but they were still able to just reel off games in like second gear. But it was when they kicked into like third, fourth, fifth gear from like February onwards, it just looked ominous. And like this season, I saw Carl Walker say, Carl Walker said he was like, oh, we normally start seasons quite slowly. Why don't we just start fast and run away with it? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, fair enough. I'm just yeah, like... so I, I, I've, I've, I've said that I believe City win the league. I don't see anyone being able to stop them. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I expected more from United and Chelsea than we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. But I think us, us Liverpool, mm-hmm. are a lot closer to each other than any of us are to City. Yeah, I, I, and, um, at, at this moment in time, I don't see how anyone can argue with us. At this moment in time as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I think between Arsenal, United, Liverpool and Spurs and Newcastle, I think we have more of a, a top four battle. I think we get it. I think we come second or third. I think us yeah, and Liverpool yeah. um, make up two and three. I can't predict what order that will be in. Mm-hmm. Um but that's what I believe. But I think we're in more of a top four race. Than a yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, gun to my head. And that's not a sight on, on the team or anything like that. I just think City are, are that much better than everyone else. Or Pep's mm-hmm. that much better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. I, 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 honestly, I don't disagree too much. Like, yeah, gun to my head, I'm saying second or third is probably where we're going to be this season. Um and and listen, ho- hopefully, obviously, we've changed two thirds of the midfield we had last season, anyway. So, you know, and the manager's going to live or die by those decisions. But hopefully, obviously, we improve as the season goes on. But I would like to see more of a a settled choice, you know. But it's hard, obviously, when there are constant injuries. And then I think after City next, so it's Bournemouth this weekend, then City the weekend after, and then. There's another international break, and we know what what those things are like for injuries. Again, in it, it just it's hard to build up like that momentum when you're constantly being interrupted. So you've got international break. One happened in September, another one in October, another one in November. So you're just kind of like, what's the point, man? But um, yeah, let's 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 see how we are. We'll, we'll we'll leave it there, lads. Thank you very much, and thank you very much, Shabs, for joining me. Um, listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back with a post match um Patreon piece after the Bournemouth game but yeah hopefully we can pick up the three points and, and we go from there so gentlemen cheers we'll catch you on the flip side Podcast Network.